Nations Church Podcast. topic to fill in the blank if I had only showed up if I'd only put the effort in right if I'd only not missed a thing we, we love the power ballads from the 80s the 90s the 2000s there's not so much so many anymore um, but like especially the 80s so many power ballads right and this one oh I don't want to I remember like I was like babe I am not gonna miss a thing never I'm going to look in your eyes for the rest of my life. I'm never going to miss a moment, Casey. When you sleep, I'm going to watch you sleep. Man, I'm out. The moment my head hits the pillow, I'm gone. Like, I'm like, I'm, you know, she's like, are you asleep, Justin? I'm like, what, huh, what, what? Um, and here's the deal. When we're dating, we do so good at this song, right? We, do, we own this song. I mean, we celebrate our three-month anniversary. We celebrate our first kiss. We celebrate a hundred favorite things from our first hundred days together in a list of order that happen each and every day. We, I mean, we, don't, we celebrate our 17th month. We're just disgusting on social media with all the love and all all the gooey, gooey, gooey things. And I mean, we don't miss things. When you're newlyweds, you really, for the most part, you don't miss things. It's our first anniversary together, you know, and we're just, I don't even, I think it's the paper anniversary, you know, and you're just like, and, and somewhere along the line, somewhere as we just live this thing out, we start missing things. Right? We're like, oh, well, it's, it's, not, it's not like the fifth anniversary or the 10th anniversary or the 15th. Or the, it's not one of the big five. So, you know, if I, don't, if I miss one, we're going to have another one, babe. You know, it's not that, that big of a deal. You know, if you miss a birthday, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll make up for it in a little bit. Or Valentine's Day was this week, and I know there is someone out there not here. You're watching online because the shame was too much to handle. Um, but you missed it. You struck out on Valentine's and you just totally forgot. And you're like, I didn't forget. I love you, babe. And we're going to celebrate afterwards. And it just, it just, it was a flight. Here, here's the deal. What, what happens is somewhere along the line, we start missing things and we get casual and we get complacent in our relationships this morning, I really feel like this message is a message that can literally revive your relationship if you will pay attention and not just listen to it, but do it, but do it. Because here's what I know as a pastor. The stories I have heard have been this, of people that have come to the end of the relationship, the end of the marriage and said, man, if only I'd shown up. If only I had paid attention to the signs. If only I had put the energy and the work in, it would, it would be a different story. And my goal, my hope as your pastor is to eliminate this phrase out of our relationships and out of our marriages. If you are single in this place, hear me today. You need to listen today. Don't tune out. Don't zone out. You need to put this in the vault. And when that relationship comes, when God sends you that person, man, you understand what your role is and what to do in a relationship. So if we're going 
going to miss things. Man, we got to step up and start doing things. And it really starts in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. And you don't have this up there, so just listen to me this morning. It says this, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure. And he receives favor from the Lord. Let me read that again. And when I get to the treasure point, ladies, I'm going to ask you to say amen. This is your moment. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. There you go. Men, it does not say the woman who finds a man or finds a husband finds a treasure. It doesn't, unfortunately. It doesn't even say that in the Hebrew. Here's the deal. If someone was to give you a treasure, you would keep up with that treasure, right? I'm, talk, I'm, not, I'm talking like, let your imagination run wild like mine does. I'm talking into the rainbow, there's a leprechaun midget right there, and you're like, yes, I have got a treasure. You know, you're like, yes, and you get to carry it around, and it's awesome, and you're like, you would know where that treasure is, how much treasure is in there, where it is, the, 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 how it is doing, you would take care of it, right? You would not take it for granted, you would not be complete because it was valuable to you. Whatever man finds a wife, finds a treasure. And where we get wrong, felt, I'm talking to the men right now, is at some point along the line, man, when you, when you said I do, and you were crying, I bawled like a baby when I got married. Casey's like laughing and smiling, and I'm like, it's over. Um, you know, I, I was so emotional, and I mean, I was just like a train wreck. You could, I mean, my voice was cracking everything. I'm a weeper, I know, but still, I, I, I was just a mess. And here's the deal is that when we got married, I did not take her for granted. I did not feel entitled to her. I realized, God bless me, if your marriage is going to be all that God has created it to be, men, you are not entitled to your wife. It is not something that God owed you. Ladies, you are not owed a man. You are not entitled to a husband, but God in his goodness saw it good to bless you with the spouse that you have. Saw that it was good, that, that man, I'm going to bless, they don't deserve this, they're not entitled to it, but I'm going to bless them and I'm going to give them a truth. Don't take the person for granted. Don't take your spouse for granted. Don't think you are owed it. Don't feel entitled, and that's a big message for me that I'm not gonna even get into because I don't have the time to, but you gotta stop the spirit of entitlement and start having a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude for what God has blessed you with, not just because you asked for it and God's supposed to give you. He is not a genie in the bottle. If you rub him the right way, like Christina Aguilera used to sing about, he ain't gonna do what you want. He is sovereign, he is good, and he has blessed you with something, realize what God has given you is a treasure and treasure it and value it. So, so today, I, I haven't even started yet. So today, <laughs> if we're not going to miss it, if, if we're not going to miss a thing, if we're going to show up, there's a couple myths we got to get away from because I truly believe we buy into things that just aren't 
true. And one of the myths is this. The first myth that we're going to kind of jump into is this. This is the myth. He who puts the most time in wins. He who puts the most time in wins. Now, some of you are like, wait a second, where are you going? Are you saying you don't have to be at home? Are you saying, hear me, I grew up and in like when I was a youth pastor, this was the big slogan. This was, man, sacrifice your family. If you have a supportive wife, she'll understand if you're never home. If, if your kids, you know, kind of flake out because you're never home, never being a dad, it's okay because he who spends the most time in ministry wins. It's worth it all because you're reaching souls for the kingdom. That's a bunch of bull. I was not called to sacrifice my family for the sake of the ministry, sacrifice my marriage for the sake of the ministry. But here's what we have bought into. Well, if I'm home enough, then that's enough, right? If I spend enough time in it, then I'm doing good enough. But here's what I would tell you. So listen to me. He who puts in the most effort wins. That's the truth, he, not, not the one that puts the most time in, he who puts in the most effort wins because time doesn't always equal effort, but effort always requires time. Time, man, that is such wisdom beyond my years. Time does not always equal effort. Just because you're there doesn't mean you're present. Right? You can be present without being there. I, I can go and I can be at Chloe's school without talking to one single person because my face is in my phone. Time do, doesn't always equal effort, but effort always, always, always requires time. And some of us, we are, we're home, but we're not home. We're putting time in, but we're not putting time in, Right? We're, we're, we're present, but we're not really present. And I got to tell you, this is the scene of where it all happens. This is the scene where all of us that are guilty, this is where it happens, at the couch, right? We get home, well, man, I've, I've had a long day, I just want to relax, and we get here, and if you can't find the remote, at your house, right? If you can't, if it got stuck somewhere down here, first off, I'm like, why don't the kids ever put it where it's supposed to go? It's supposed to go same place. I don't ever put it there, but the kids are supposed to put it there, right? And if you can't find the remote, it's like DEFCON level five. You're just like, where's it at? And you're trying, I hate, I just hate it. We can't find it. Somebody needs to put a pager on these things, like a thing to where you can find it by pushing your TV. If you invent it, don't you forget to tithe because I just made you a millionaire. I will buy that TV. But we get home, right? We're just like, oh, I just, babe, I love you. Mm. And then we just do this. What do you want to watch? And men, let me, let me, I'm about to blow all the cover for all the men. When we ask you what we want, we're not listening. What do you want to watch? It does not matter what you want to watch. This is all the power right here in the relationship. And we just go to whatever we want to watch, and we're just, I'm chilled out. I'm zoned out, right? You're, you're present. You're here, but you're not putting effort in, right? That's why I say time, he who puts the most time in, it doesn't win. It's he who puts the most effort in. 
Like right now, the Olympics are on. Right? I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. Love watching the downhill skiing. Man, I watch curling. There is something I cannot watch, though. I cannot watch figure skating. I can't do it. Like, oh, Casey loves it. Both my girls love it. Oh, I just, but it's just so artistic. And I'm like, I can feel the testosterone leaving my body as I am watching figures. This is, nobody's putting in effort if we're watching figures. I got a bad attitude. I'm like, stupid, stupid. That is not smart. You know, um, I'm just, I just, I can't do it, right? Here's the deal. More of us put an emphasis and effort in finding a remote and finding a TV channel to watch than we do into our marriage on a daily basis. It's true. Some of us, you know what? It's not the TV. It's this. I'm about to get in your Kool-Aid this morning. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say anything in the Bible about cell phones. <laughs> but if we'll go back and read Proverbs, it talks about wisdom. And I, I got to tell you, whoever is on the other end of this is not important than the person that's sitting right here. But if you're on this texting everybody else, you may say you're more important, but your actions are saying something else. It's true. Well, I, I, if I have to take a phone call at home, I, I ask Casey, hey, is it okay if I take, and I gotta say, hey, I'm guilty. I am not, this is not, I, I am convicted, put me in stripes and in prison because I am guilty of this, okay? This, I got a Facebook addiction that I gotta break. Right? You know, on average, people spend two hours a day on Facebook. What would happen if we treated the Bible like Facebook? We'd change the world. It's, well, it's just not as convenient. There's a Bible app. It's just as convenient. You know? And we spend all this time, but we're never really present. We're never really there, we're engaged in everybody else and with everybody, but not with the one we would say is the most important. We sacrifice them for the convenience of this. Girlfriends, I, I'm going to tell you, girlfriends, girlfriend. <laughs> don't put me on a couch. I don't know what happens. Um, if you're just texting and texting and texting and your husband's sitting there, man, you're missing out on a chance to connect with your husband. Guys, I love this. Well, she really loves watching me play my video games and you've got your headset on. She loves watching me game. She's just got mad respect for my gaming skills. No, she doesn't. She said that when you were dating so you would like keep dating her. She's so tired of watching you play video games and yelling to a microphone and like, did you see that? Did you see that? She's done. You're totally zoned out. You're totally missing out. You're not putting effort in because you're zoned out and you're putting effort into something else. And here's where we go. We say, well, well my relationship's just different. I, I'm the exception to the rule. No, 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 no. Hear me. You're not the exception to the rule. You'll just be the victim to your exception eventually. You and I aren't just called to spend time. It's not enough just to be here. 
I can stretch this to parents. You know, can't just be home, man. You gotta be in your kid's life and putting effort into their life. It's your job as a parent to connect to them on their level, not their job to connect to you on yours. They don't wanna listen to the 80s most of the time. You gotta connect with, you got to show up and put in effort. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. One, my favorite verse in the New Testament says, look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise. And this is the ESV version. And it says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Are you making the best use of your time? Are you putting in effort? Or are you just putting in time? Because the best use of your time is putting in effort. It says this in Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. Teach us how short our lives really are so that we may be wise. Are you spending your days and your time wisely? So the question I pose to you this morning on this first part is this. Are you really, like, like, are you, are you really putting in effort? Only you get to answer that question. Are, are you just spending time or are you putting effort in your relationship? Because there's a big, big difference. Don't just spend time because that's not making the best use of your time. Spend effort in your time. That's spending your time Wisely. The second myth that I would tell you is this, is that great marriages just happen, right? You watch TV, you watch Hollywood, man, it just, it just happens. And soundtracks follow you around every time you kiss, and music just comes on. And like, it just, just great relationships, great marriages, they don't ever have to work through things. There's never conflict. It just happens. And I miscommunicated about communication. We're going to be talking about communication next week. Um, that just shows you how messed up my communication is. But great marriages don't just happen. The truth is great marriages take work to make it work. Man, it takes work. You, you want a great marriage, you better be ready to work. There's no great marriage fairy that shows up and says, bippity-boppity-boo and bless you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Just because you marry the right one doesn't mean marriage is going to be easy and life's going to be easy. You are going to have to work at it and you never grow out of this phase. For all you that are married 30 plus years, you never grow out of putting work in because it takes work to make it work. And if you're going to want, if you want to, I don't know anybody that says, no, I don't really want a great marriage. Just, you know, average one, you know, where we're just kind of walking by each other and be like, what's up, you know? No, I don't know anybody like that. All you that are single, if you're not ready to work at your marriage, don't get married. If you're not ready to put the effort in and you just want to veg out, man, that's called single living. It takes work to make it work. Next week we're going to talk about it takes work at communicating to really communicate. It takes work to make it work. I got to tell you, um, this was made real to me five years into our marriage. 
Case and I went to New York City to go celebrate our anniversary and why we're in New York City. She just kind of been acting funny and I'm like, man, what, what's up with you, girl? What's going on? And she's like, I'm like, you act like you're mad at me. She's like, I am mad at you. And I'm like, well, this is the first I've heard of it. You know, I'm like, what? Um, what what do I do? Right, guys? That's what we do. We're like, what? Because <laughs> here's the deal. I went to New York City, and I was a workaholic, right? He who spends the most time wins. I bit, and I was spending the most time in ministry. But when I went to New York City, it's like, hey, let's, let's, Let's talk. Let's just look into each other's eyes without saying a thing for a whole minute, you know? Like, <laughs> like all this stuff. I was ready to put the work in. And she says, just because you show up some of the time doesn't make up for all the time. And guys, I gotta tell you, it's true. Ladies, it's true. Some of the time doesn't make up for all the time. Man, going, going on a weekend retreat, it's a great thing. But if you think it's going to fix your marriage all the time, it's like giving somebody who's having a heart attack a Band-Aid. It just doesn't work. Oh, here's a Band-Aid. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Do you have any aspirin? No, I'm fresh out. But here's a Band-Aid. It's got stickers on it, right? We think of vacation. Everyone, oh, this, this is just what our marriage needs. No, no, no. Your marriage needs you not to just show up and put effort in some of the time. It needs you to put effort in all the time. It's something I had to learn. It's something that, man, I thought, okay, we had this talk, and I'm like, we should be good, right? <laughs> we had a talk. I said, I'm sorry, and I'll do better. And I thought the next day it'd be better. It took me showing up all the time and putting effort in all the time and putting work in all the time to make it work. Because some of the time, we'll never make up for all the time. This series, hear me. This series, it's a great series. I love talking about marriages and I love talking about relationships. This may help, but it won't make up for all the time. There's work we've got to put in. So if you're like me, you're saying, okay, you're saying I got to put work in. What does that mean? What kind of work, 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 what kind of work do I have to put into my marriage? Well, we talked about this verse last week. It's found in Philippians chapter two. It's verses three through five. We're going to break it down a little bit. It says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The word selfish here in the Greek means this. It means a strong drive for personal success without moral inhibitions. I'm gonna succeed for me and what my goals are, no matter what it costs me. To, to succeed. Thinking in this verse means to consider. So it's saying, man, but be humble. Considering others better than your, what if we did that in our relationships? See, we're really great at doing this part. We're really great at this with other people, but not so great in our marriage. 
Not so great. Man, I, I do great at this with my buddies, with my friends, people we work with. Just let me know what I can do to help you. But when it inconvenience us to help our spouse up, they interrupt our schedule, what we had planned, right? We tend to get upset. Don't, don't you know I have to, I can't do all that. I've got things to do. Consider your spouse. Consider others better than yourselves. Don't look out. Don't be concerned about us. What that says in the Greek, don't be concerned about only your own interest, but take an interest in your spouse too. And I love this attitude to set one's mind on. You must set your mind and thoughts on the same thing Jesus set his mind and thoughts on. And Jesus even said it this way. To have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, Jesus had this attitude. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve others. How are you at serving your spouse? Right, we made, we made vows when we got married to love and to cherish to serve one another, but, but how's that really living out in your relationship? How's that fleshing out on a daily basis? You know, what, what I've seen happen many times is that someone, in the, when, when marriages start to go south, someone in the marriage gets selfish. It becomes about them. And when that becomes to happen, both people get a bad attitude, get the wrong attitude. It may not be a bad attitude, but it's the wrong attitude. And growing up, my dad would always, if I started getting a wrong attitude or a bad attitude, he would go, do we need to have an attitude adjustment? And this meant the Randy belt was coming off, like ratada, you know, and he would just whip my butt with his belt, and I would have an R and a Y on each cheek, like wham, wham. Randy has been here, Right? The attitude adjustment. And I tell you, for some of us in our marriage, a lot of us in our marriage, we need our attitudes to change. And I had the privilege of knowing what I was going to say this Sunday, this week. And Friday, I sat down with Casey and I just talked to her and I said, hey, I think you're really great at this, actually. I think you're really good putting me ahead of yourself but I think I'm not really good at doing the same. And I need to do a better job of serving you. Can I tell you, she just said, man, thank you. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> See, today, I'm not telling you something. I, I, don't, I never want to get up here and you'd be like, oh, my pastor's got it all together. No, I'm a mess, just like you are. But I'm willing to put the work in. And so here's the homework. Here's the work I want to give each and every one of us to really live out. Not just, not to read Philippians 2, 3 through 5 to have the same attitude of Christ, but to really have it. To really allow the attitude of Christ to sit in us and to take effect in our life. I want you to ask your spouse two questions every day starting today. How can I serve you today? And how can I make your world better today? How can I serve you today? How can I make your world better today? Men, the first thing you're thinking is, how much is this going to cost me? 
I'll tell you how you can make my world better. Um, can I tell you for my wife, this morning, Sunday mornings, I'm zoned in, man. I'm focused in. And this morning, I made sure, watch for your wife coming in and see what you can do for her because she's always doing for you. And we, she came into the kitchen. I looked at her. I go, hey, what can I do for you today? How, and she goes, nothing. I know you're busy. I go, no, 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 no. I go, I know that's the normal answer. How can I make your world better? Let me make your, and she goes, I left something in the car if you can go grab it. Took two minutes to go and make her world a little bit better and to let her know, man, I'm here to serve you and not just you to serve me. I'm here to put effort in. Can I tell you, all your spouse wants you to do and all they want to know is that you're putting effort in, that you're putting work in. And if you will do this, if you will put work in, it's not enough for one spouse to ask the other spouse. When this thing starts coming together and you start asking each other, can I tell you, your attitude starts to change. It wipes selfishness out of the relationship because you are being unselfish. You're considering the other one better than yourself and you're actually putting work in. You're not just spending time, you're putting in effort and you're showing up to put work to make it work so that you guys have a great marriage. Man, I implore you, I challenge you, encourage you with everything inside me. Get with your spouse today. Simply ask, how can I serve you? And how can I make your world better? Because right now it's about you and not me. And if you'll do that, it will change the complete dynamic of your relationships. And you won't have the phrase, man, I wish I would have only shown up. I wish I would have only noticed the signs because you're putting them first instead of yourself. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I ask right now that you would speak to our hearts, to our lives because, Lord, we're in this place and there's so many of us that we need help in the area of our relationships. Lord, there's some of us in this place, God, we're not in a relationship, but the reality is we're just selfish. It is all about my world and me, me, me. And, Lord, that is not the attitude and the mindset of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we would have the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ that is about serving others and not being self-serving, not being all about us, but Lord, is about being about others, that we're taking concern about others. Lord, I pray for some of us in this place that we wouldn't buy into the myth of I just need to spend more time, I need to spend more time, but God, we would spend more effort. We would be purposeful in our relationships. And for some of us, it's as simple as laying down the phone and being present in the moment. Lord, this is such a, man, just easy, applicable message, but Lord, it's the elementary applicable things that get away from us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would change relationships and you would strengthen lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here. And I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus.
But I mean, I, I'm here, but I'm, I'm not where I need to be. And I know God, but my, my, my relationship with him isn't personal. And I need to come back. I need to accept Jesus Christ for the first time, or I just need to recommit my life. When I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here you say, Justin? <coughs> that's me today. Yeah, there's one hand. Is there anyone else? <coughs> you join this one hand that's left. You say, Justin, man, that's me today. There's things that aren't right. There's things that I know need to get ironed out. And man, I just need to get it right today. Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else you join? These two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Man, don't let this moment pass you by. Because if you don't get this relationship right, all the other ones will be dysfunctional for the rest of your life. You say, man, there's, I, I need to get it right this morning, is there anyone else before we go any further in the service stage say, Justin, that is me, and I want to join these two individuals that raised their hand. Is there any, I see you in the back. Is there anyone else who say, Justin, that's me? You join these three hands that are lifted. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and God, I just confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life that you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.